Well, I have, I have uh, good and bad news uh, this morning before we begin. I guess the good news would, would be this. I had planned to show you a four-and-a-half-minute video on the Psalms and, um, and also had some PowerPoint slides, but, but much like Jonah chapter 4, God caused a plant to grow up <laughs> in a day. And so uh, there's a good chance we're going to get out early. Uh, so that's good news, but here's the bad news. I am 27 degrees cooler than I am in a robe, so I may preach for hours. So I'm not promising, I ain't promising nothing this morning. So we'll, we'll see how long we go. We're continuing in a sermon series. As we're following along, many of us are reading through the daily reading Bible plan. Uh, read, pray, love, Daily, And I hope you're taking advantage of that, not just because of the daily readings and also because it's, it's just great for several of us to be on the same page together. But also you'll notice, we talked about the prayers last week that Ben puts in those readings for us that really ask the Holy Spirit to be present, but a lot of times we're putting supplemental material at the bottom. And so I think over this last week you've had a seedbed video about praying the the psalms and what the psalms teach us about prayer a lot of times we use the bible project to tell us what the book whatever we're reading what that book's about and how we can how we can interpret it but also apply it to our lives so i hope hope you'll take a look at that and not only can you find it on our facebook page and our website and on the on the website itself repraylovedaily.com but you can also have it it's what i do you can just have it emailed to you every day so every morning you wake up and it's there for you for your quiet time. So I hope you're taking advantage of that. Well, this morning then, we're actually going to look at two psalms together. We're going to look at these two texts. Really, the psalms are the hymn book of the people of God. These poems, these songs are to lead us in our praise of God through times of great victory, but also through troubling times when things aren't so good. These are to be the hymn book of the faith, or I like as N.T. Wright would say, these are the daily lifeblood of Christians. And so we turn to the Psalms regularly, and as we set up the Bible reading plan, we said we're going to end the week, every week with a Psalm. We're going to stay in the Psalms every week. These Psalms, as you see today, were both written by David. So many of these were written well before the exile to Babylon, but a lot of them were collected and put together during that time. And one Bible commentary said, wasn't it God's perfect timing to allow them to use them then, to collect them then, put them together, because it was one of the few things that kept them sane and gave them hope. So these are good, good words for us to turn to. Wherever we are, whatever we're going through, it's a good word for us uh, this morning. So Psalm 20, but also Psalm 21. And as you read Bible commentators, they would say, you know, really, you need to keep them together. If you grew up in my generation, there is no hutch without Starsky, all right? <laughs> Maybe for some of you who are older, there's no Laurel without Hardy. For our current generation, there's no Buzz without Woody, right? They have to be together. And this is what Bible commentators call a couplet. That really what you're seeing in Psalm 20 and 21, they, they do go together and they've purposely been put together. It is the before and the after. We've all seen those before and after pictures and ads, right? This is before the diet. This is after the diet. This is before the makeup artist. 
This is after the makeup artist. Sadly, this is before a life was lost to whatever addiction, and here's what they look like after that addiction. Here's a picture of, of Renee before Vacation Bible School, a picture of Renee after Vacation Bible School, right? Before and after stuff. And that's what you have here. We're going to look at Psalm 21st because this is the before. Again, these, these two psalms are a couplet meant to be understood and read together. But what Psalm 20 does is it tells us what happens before. Here's what you do, and David would have been very familiar with this. Here's what you do before the battle. This is what our life of faith with God is to look like before we can even see the victory. Before we even know it's in sight, well before that, this is what the people of God do. First, first thing, verses 1 through 3, we see worship, worship, worship. Listen, sometimes that can be hard to do. When there's struggles at home, struggles at work, you're going through a season of dryness where the victory is not clear in your life, but before the battle, what David says he does and what we are to do is to worship. And you see that here with the different sacrifices. Now, this isn't like the pagans who sacrifice. They sacrifice, as my Sunday school teacher repeatedly reminds us, they sacrifice to get their way. They sacrifice to gods to rouse them and make them do what we want them to do. This is very different than that. These sacrifices are simply worship before the battle. I am, I am loving you, Lord. I'm adoring you, Lord, because you are God. It's a great reminder, as one commentary said, this is the king affirming his faith, and it's not in any other God, it's not in any other person, not in any other thing, but it's his faith in God alone. And this is, this is a good word for us, especially on Father's Day, but not just for fathers. Listen, all of us are fathers and mothers to the children of our church. And when we set that pattern, that commitment, that we will be people who worship God and are faithful to that worship, it is a great model to the children of our church. I tell this story, I've already told it once, I'll tell it today, and I'll tell it again. But it was on a Sunday afternoon, just going into high school, late in the spring, and I told the old man, I, I just can't make it to, to youth group tonight. Back then we called it UMYF. Cutting edge name, Corey, if you want to borrow that. UMYF. I had a lot of, I played all these sports. I had a lot of friends, had all these activities. Not just going to make it tonight, got stuff to do. And dad said, you're going to go. Now how he said it was exactly like Ephesians 6, I think verse 4 would say you do it. Fathers, you don't provoke your children to anger. You raise them up, yes, in the discipline of the Lord. You bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. We've got to do that. We've got to be careful how we, how we do that. No sarcasm, just son, this is what we do. You're going to go. And that's the night I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I went home that night. I can still see it right there by my bed. Kneeled down and said yes to Jesus. Repented of my sins. Said, Lord, you come take over. Because dad had said, we go to church on Sunday morning. Dad had said, as a youth, you go to church on Sunday nights. The first commitment before the battle. And even when, and David could tell you point after point in his life where things looked bleak where he's hiding in a cave, where he's running from Saul, when he's struggling with his own sin, when he's even had deep hurts in his life, the first response always is to worship. But then the second response, it's all about our hearts. 
You see it in chapter 20, verse 4, but then you also see it in, in the other chapter, chapter 21, verse 2. But also you go back to the chapter that precedes it in 19 and you find it in verse 8 and 14. But then you go to the chapter after it, 22, and you find it in verse 14. Going all the way back to Psalm 4-7, from right there throughout the Psalms, you bump into this word over and over again. Before the battle, you worship, but you also check the desires of your heart. I wish I could really give you a definition for what this word means. First, for heart, it's the seat of emotions, yes, but it's more than that. It's also our will and our motivations. It's the center of the human spirit in some sense. It's, it's more than just what we would say about heart. It's the center of all those things, intellect, will, emotions, our spirit. But then these two verses, 24 and 21, 2, talk about the desires of your heart. There's not a Hebrew word for that. There's no word. But it's like what's in the heart of your heart? What's your deepest desire? And then reading and preparing for this week, one commentary said, and this is going to hurt. It's checked me. It may check you. But what it went on to say is, may, literally what the reading is, may God give you according to the condition of your heart. Not just the desires of our heart, but really where is your heart? And that's where the God wants to come, and that's how he'll come. And I miss that. Then I focus on other things. I've got so much to do as a dad. Check this list. Provide this. Do this. Checklist is a pastor. Check this. Do this. And what you find throughout Scripture is this reminder. It is first and foremost about, can I have your heart? Will you allow me to do a work in there? David, who wrote these psalms, had checked off a ton of lists. Rule, got it. <laughs> Win battles, got it. Sing, got it. Talents, gifts, conquests, got it. What's he known for? I could be tempted to be known for these things. Look at my work, look at my family, look what I've done. And what do we find with David? He was a man after God's own heart. It's always its heart. And it's not just the Psalms, and you just check that work. You're just going to find it all throughout the Psalms. But then when you get to the prophets, and it took me somebody else to tell me that, and then I started looking for it, it's everywhere in the prophets. You think they're talking about end time prophecies? You think they were talking? So much of it is about what God wants to do there in your heart. And then you get to Jesus. Yes, we ought to be holy with our life. But what you hear Jesus talking about is, what's really going on in here? I don't need your whitewashed walls. Don't clean up the outside first. Let me do a work here. And you find it in the epistles. Then you find it in our forefather, John Wesley. Holiness of heart and then life. It's a good word for us here. What God desires to do. Not just to clean up our stuff, but to clean up our innermost being. And then this other word, verse 7. That they would trust the Lord. It's a great, great little gift we got as we walked in to see that other psalm talking about the trust that we are to have in God. Before the battle, before the battle, I'm going to set my life of worship before him. Before the battle, I'm going to check my heart. And before the battle, I'm going to say no matter what, I'm going to trust the Lord. I've said this before, but, but they're, already, they're already playing down some runs in the world's eyes. Because God has said to them, there will be no horses 
there will be no chariots in my land because I'm nervous you're going to trust those things and you're not going to trust me. And I told you before, when I did a Holy Land tour in 1998, we went by Megiddo and there you found stables, stables carved out of rock. They took their time doing it in really what is open defiance. We're going to have horses. We're going to trust, or the other word is boast in horses. And I get it. When you're up against it, when there's a crisis in family, there's a crisis in a friendship, there's a crisis at work, give me the latest tricks. Let me just pull my friends and I'm going to do what they, want to, they tell me to do. And listen, especially on Father's Day, parenting, in this day, in this culture, sure we're scrambling, right? I get that. And it's important for us to read and know what our friends are doing. But first and foremost is, what does the Lord say? What's the Lord's desire for my parenting? What's the Lord's desire for our, our kids' ministry and for our student ministry? What does he have to say? And that's what we're going to trust in first. Trust is all over the Psalms. Listen, David, when he struggled, there are definitely times when he took things in his own hand. You see Saul, when he's in trouble... Let me go visit a witch and see if I can visit the dead so I can take care of my life. You see David's sons grasping, taking things into their own hands. But what he's singing about here, before the battle, trust. Just simply trust in the Lord. Boast in him. Bank on him. Okay, so what about then after the battle? This is the psalm that goes before. What do we see after the battle? Really just only one thing. And you see it at the very beginning and at the very end. After we have worshipped, right? After we have checked our heart. After we have trusted in him. And then we have this victory. What is it we're supposed to do? Because it's a good word. Because this, I find myself here. Maybe you find yourself here. You're going through a time of struggle. You're going through a time of dryness. And you're praying to the Lord, take me through it. And he takes you through it. Okay, well on to the next thing. You been there? Or just like churches. Churches promote and promote, promote. We've got this coming up. I want you to pray for it. Let's, let's, let's get ready for it. We happen. All right, on to the next thing. One of the greatest things about coming here this morning, definitely was not wearing an orange shirt, but the, one of the greatest things about coming this morning, I didn't get a chance to ask our salt and light team how'd the trip go. I didn't get a chance to ask some of the people on our student ministry trip how did the trip go. You know why? They came running up to me. And it wasn't, look what we did. But I love one of the missioners said, Barry, God was in that place. God was in that place. And then to hear people talk of the other, the student ministry trip, and talk about God showed up. He changed me in that place. This past Tuesday at administrative council meeting, we finished 10 minutes early. A 48, 49-minute meeting. I mean, that's a glory sighting in itself, right? God showed up. But then somebody said, and he's sitting right over here, but I won't call his name. I won't embarrass Roger. But, uh, <laughs> oops. What about glory sightings? Oh, man. We were so close to getting out on time. People would have written me letters. Thank you, Pastor. You're so gracious. We got out. And we stayed another 10 or 15 minutes. People just lifting up. Here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what God's doing in our church. Here's what God's doing through our church. We can miss that. 
after the battle, after God's been faithful to show up where there are no horses, there are no chariots to boast in, it's going to have to be God to take me through. And he does that work, and we just move on to the next crisis, or we move on to the next thing, and we forget to glory in him, to exalt his name. Now listen, we're going to talk next week about how we can get caught up in the gifts, how we can glory over the gifts, and we miss the giver of the gifts. So we'll be in Acts 19. That's our verse reading, if you already have uh, read this morning. That's where we'll be next Sunday to look at that. But we have been created to give glory back to the giver who gave us the gifts. What is it the shorter catechism of the Westminster Confession says? Anybody from Reformed background? What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Everything we are about is to be wrapped up in His glory. David was a killer. It's one of the reasons God didn't let him build the temple. He's a man of bloodshed. David was a masterful fighter and organizer and conquest. It's God's victory. Give Him the glory for that. David could have been consumed with himself, or he could have been consumed with the next battle. But it was, no, no, no. This is God's. This victory is God's. And everything is to be wrapped up in his glory. That's a good word for us, church. As I, as I look at my work, as you look at your work, whatever that may be, actively working or in retirement or at home with kids, whatever that is, can, can I make that about me? Can you make that about you? Look at me. Watch me shine. Or is it wrapped up in, Lord, I just want to give this back to you a tough word. Your friendships about you, or are they wrapped up in the glory of God? That I want to I give my friends back to the Lord. I want to give my recreation back to the Lord. Whatever gift or talent he's given me, whatever resource, this is really for all for him. That all comes from him, and it goes back to him. And on today, it's a convicting word on Father's Day. They're not our kids. They are, but they're not. They're not our church kids. They are, but they're not. They're his. And my whole job is to be wrapped up in loving them, blessing them, preparing them so I can get them back to their heavenly Father. That's our call as a church. At their baptism, we have said, yes, we're going to be wrapped up in, not ourselves, but how do we get them to know the glory of God in Christ Jesus? Wrapped up everything in his glory. You see that. That's the beginning and the end of this passage. David does not forget Glory is his first and last response in this chapter. How do we need to respond to that this morning? To put God's glory at the very front of our work, at the very front of our recreation, the very front of our friendships, the very front of our, our families. What do you do? What do you do before trouble? David was a man who knew trouble. He was a man who knew fear. He knew the heartbreak of losing a child. And even after that horrific experience, what's his first move? It's worship. Before the battle, it's worship. Before the battle is character is everything. Lord, just do something in my heart. This is, yes, I want to love you with the outside, but Lord, do something here. Does Lord need to come and do something in you? That's his deep desire. It's throughout every page of Scripture. How is your trust this morning? 
It is tempting in the frenetic and crazy world in which we live to trust in chariots and to boast in horses. Am I really trusting him? Where is that for you this morning? You need to say again to him, I'm trusting in you. I am banking on you. And then lastly, where is it we need to just look across our lives and say, Lord, you've blessed, you've taken me through. I need to give thanks. But I also need this area of my life. My family's become about me. It's become about my reputation. I need, I need to wrap them up in your glory. My, my work has become about me. My church has become about me. My friends have become about me. I need to wrap it in your glory. How is it we need to respond? Let's pray about that. Father, for this, for this time, just to hear again of your goodness to us, to be with us and in us before struggle, before battles, we give you our thanks and praise. Father, also, we want to be faithful to, to be people who are quick to give thanks, to give thanks in everything to you for your goodness and seeing us through so many things, Lord. Some of us are in the midst of struggle right now, in the midst of crisis. We're going we're gonna to trust you. We're going to have our hearts open to you for what you want to do in us through it. And Father, we, we know on the other side of it uh, that, Father, you will receive glory and that you will take us through. We trust you with that this morning. Bless now our response to this, your word. It's in your son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.